0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am so excited to have my guest, Anne Donovan. And let me tell you about Anne. So she is a human resource leader known for developing new programs and training, dramatically improving employee retention and leadership performance. By conducting extensive employee feedback research, she designs initiatives by addressing underlining issues, across many industries. Organizations value her talent for identifying core workforce needs and taking action to develop and drive projects. Some of her success include dramatically reducing turnover. Yes. (laughs) Introducing retention programs. Yes. (laughs) Spearheading leadership development programs. Oh, please. Creating succession plans, in addition, leading culture shifts, and changing management during highly stressful times are some of Anne's specialties. She has created high-performing teams by leading with a people-first philosophy, love that. She develops and facilitates leadership development workshops in high-energy and an eye on drawing people in for maximized learning. Her passion lies in helping companies and people thrive. Today I have a passion theme today. Uh, people don't do this often enough. Companies don't do this often enough. Planning for the future, the importance of succession planning. Please join me in welcoming Ann Donovan. Ann, so happy to have you here. Thank you. He I was just gonna say I think you're the first person I've had to talk on
2: this subject and <laughs> so yay I could talk about it for days yeah and well, I'm yeah. thrilled to be here thank you Vicki so much for having me
1: well it's my pleasure and you know it, it, we'll start with just this easy question and then we'll get in the meat of this but just tell everyone where do you call home right now
2: home is Bozeman Montana I live in a valley, so I have a 360 degree view of mountains and the snow is just starting to fall. So it's I was just
1: going to ask what day
2: is it going to snow this week? <laughs> yeah. In the valley, it's not supposed
1: to, but up in the
2: mountains, they're starting yeah. to get capped. So it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, it's always a nice place to visit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, um, Roswell Dunwoody weather. Um, we're we're still mm-hmm. having seventies and could occasionally tip almost to eighties. So I uh, love that.
2: Not mm-hmm. not um,
1: not too fond anymore of the cold. I left Pittsburgh for a reason.
2: <laughs> and those are brutal winters. Yeah.
1: Dark. Yeah. You know, I'd rather stare at mountains than gray skies. So yes. yes. but we want to talk about that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what is the important thing today. Um, so what are some books that you've read recently that really are helping to inform you and are game changers?
2: It's I absolutely, I devour books mm-hmm. and I really, if I could just implant them mm-hmm. in my brain that would be ideal. But one of my favorite books of all time that I continually go back to and I mm. reread is no rules, rules Oh, nice. by Reed Hastings and Aaron Meyer. It's the Netflix story, but the way that they started the, the way that Reed Hastings and his group started the company and their leadership philosophy is just, I think it's phenomenal and it's mm-hmm. easy and it, leads right into my people first philosophy the another one of my favorite books is think again by adam grant about looking at different perspectives and ideas and how do we rethink things because things are continually changing and it's Mm -hmm. our perspective may not be the best perspective or how else can we look at things and then my, the latest book that I finished was Scarcity, and it's the science of having less and how it defines our lives. It's by Sintiul Malanathan and Eldar Shafir, and this talks about how people who are struggling with finances or overbooked with their time and how they don't have the bandwidth to focus on everything that they should and how it really affects our lives when we are short on time or finances or food or fill in the blank. So that has been a game changer for me.
1: Awesome. Thank you for sharing those. That's really good. I wrote all mm-hmm. of them down for sure. I'm like you. I love to read. Yeah. So what, it what makes life better. It, that, well, you know, um, I, I don't really like to be educated by the news too much, but I do like to be educated by what I read. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the biggest misconceptions
2: about HR? I've been in human resources for 20 plus years, Vicki, and there have been a lot of misconceptions. <laughs> and I, I'll i be walking down the hall and organization and group of employees will just break up and they say, oh, here comes HR, better stand up straight. And so HR is looked at as the principal's office, or they're just out to read the employee handbook and make sure that everybody shoes are tied and that they're not chewing gum on the floor. And that, yes, those are important when starting and running a business to make sure that we do have some guidelines that mm-hmm. people should follow and then managing this consistently. But i really think that hr was put on this earth to make the workplace better for everyone and i always saw myself as switzerland that one of the misconceptions is that hr is just a yes person for the company Mm -hmm. and being switzerland hr needs to look out for both the company's best interest and the employee's best interest and where those meet or Mm -hmm taking a look at the entire situation and looking at it fairly and not judging and not being a yes person to the company. So there's a lot of misconceptions about human resources out there. And I'm on a mission to change those. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's really. A tough situation sometimes be, you know, I, it was in corporate for over 40 years and. Depending on how strong a personality uh, those people that are in the C-suite are, they make it very challenging for the HR group to do what they know is right mm-hmm. when you're at, and so you, you know, most of the HR people I knew, they wanted to do right by the employee. They wanted to be that champion for them, but they also knew who was pay,
2: signing their paycheck too. Yeah. And there's a fine line, but there's somewhere to meet in the middle mm-hmm. and With the workforce and the labor market, what it is now, we've seen a shift from the HRs, the paper pushers and administration to more of the leading the strategy for the organization and developing the mission vision values and finally getting in the C-Suite's ear and being a part of it. So I'm excited about where the field is going and, I think that I really applaud the people who were in those seats before that have gotten us to where we are now. The HR practitioners here can now lead that charge forward. So it's exciting.
1: Yeah, and I love that you know you talk about being more heart-centered and people-focused. Uh, what what I teach in leadership and why I started doing this after retirement was. That we in 21st century cannot lead the way we did when you know in the 70s and 80s when I started in business, and um, and you have to take into consideration the community that is your workforce, and uh, so I love that you um, are aligned with with putting the people first.
2: What and is, with,
1: go ahead oh please the, and I just Anna. think that.
2: With a people-first philosophy, it can lead to so many more successes within the company. And it's not just successes with, yay, we have a better benefit package, or yay, we've seen a decline in turnover, but it's successes in revenue, it's successes in customer retention. And so Mm -hmm. if we have a people-first philosophy with our employees, That just leads throughout the entire organization to be people first with our customers and our vendors and suppliers and all the other partners that we work with.
1: That's so true. If you think about it, first of all, if I'm people first, then I'm going to be able to share with my team how what they do is important to the vision, to the mission, to the company, that they just don't think I come in here and I'm just a clog in this wheel type of thing. But but also, whenever you feel that you're part of the the solution and, and you're proud of what you've done, then you're going to be less apt to change or you'll be more loyal to that company and you could be more of a champion for that company. So now you're going to be that person that that's out there marketing for the company even though it's not maybe in your job description but you just by saying what a great company it is is going to make people want to be a customer of that company so it's just such a win-win where if you have somebody that's mistreated that feels not important then they're not going to want to stay and they're certainly not going to tell anything good about that company that would make anybody want to buy from that company. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not a hard concept to get around you. So everyone has someone they look up to or a mentor that had an impact on their career. I have had probably three or four true, true people who changed my life. Tell me about your mentor and why you also believe mentoring is crucial for career
2: development. So when we talk about leadership, and I don't think that we can talk about leadership without mentoring and yeah. the people that have guided us. And yes, we've learned from those people that weren't so great, but the, there are three people that come to mind when four people, no, five people, anyway, I won't bore everybody with talking about all the great mentors yeah. I have, but there were, but the common thread throughout the mentors that really stick out in my mind. And there are two is they encourage, they support, they tell it like it is, but then they also don't let me put limits on my capabilities. It really is. You can put your, do anything that you put your mind to Mm -hmm. and maybe not anything, but I used to, I would always second guess myself And these two mentors were thinking, you don't need to second-guess yourself. You need to get over that hump and get over whatever fear you're facing, find your confidence deep within and just go for it. And Mm -hmm. once I did that, then it was like, wow. And these people supported me in those decisions and they encouraged me and they celebrated when I Mm -hmm. overcame all of that. And that's Mm -hmm. what we all need is that encouragement, and support, and definitely the celebration at the end.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about mentoring, sometimes people think, well, there's just nobody in my company that my, my business doesn't have a mentor program. And this morning, I spent um, a half an hour on the phone with somebody from uh, Europe, who is an associate of mine, who was just needed someone to kind of bring them back to focus on what's right. And and so that mentor can be someone that you meet as an acquaintance, as at a party or whatever, but it's someone that you resonate with, right? That
2: you have that connection with. 100%. And mentors take all different shapes and forms. It doesn't have to be somebody who's senior. As you said, they don't have to be someone senior in the organization. They don't even have to be in your organization. It could be somebody whom you admire who's younger or in a, a different field, or mm. but looking out for those opportunities to gain mentorship, but then also looking for those opportunities to seek those mm. mentorships and to be a mentor to others, mm-hmm. because we all have things to give to each other. And
1: I think one of the good points you made, too, is sometimes when you get in that di- director level, that C-suite level, you might think, well, I'm the boss. I don't want people to think that I have don't have all the answers. And those are the people that really do need that ear to be able to just run by this idea or, you know, just that barometer to say, from your perspective, where am I coming from? You know, maybe they're just looking at this level and they need to look lower to be able to reach their people.
2: Mm -hmm. And to accept that feedback when, you know, surprising. And it shocked me last year as I was going through some change that, you know what, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And it, killed me to tell people that and to ask for help but now I'm to the point where I'm just yep don't know that can you help me don't know that either and just how freeing that has been for me
1: yeah and I think the the fact that in some ways even though people in some cases don't like technology but it in some ways because technology changes so quickly it's just a given. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, we just don't know. And and you have to a- ask. And for me, then I look at it maybe not as embarrassment, but it's so exciting. Oh my gosh, I'm going to learn something new and interesting, and and uh, be able to to push myself in my outside of my comfort level. Isn't it fun? Mm-hmm. It can be terrifying, but it's fun. Yeah. So oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> So you um, fear and courage are what make we make us confident in the long run. Mm -hmm. So what are the setbacks
2: that you faced in your career and how did you overcome them? Well, it's, I alluded to to them in that some of those setbacks have been just really bad bosses Mm -hmm. who they didn't know what they didn't know, or they were I don't know, but I've had some bosses that weren't encouraging and supporting that didn't allow mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so there was a culture of fear, but then the other setback one that just devastated me was, uh, well, I was laid off Mm -hmm. and it was a gut punch because my career was my identity. And now what do I do? Yeah. But after that, I took some time, I had some couch days. I'm not gonna lie about that. But then I realized the possibilities that could open up that I wasn't, I was free to go explore those opportunities. And that's how I landed in Montana Mm -hmm. was I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't tied down to a job. I knew somebody out in Montana and I just came out to visit like so many others, I just never left, but I never would have done that had it not been for my career being ripped out from under me. So,
1: yeah, you have these God blessings and you just never know at the time. They don't feel that way, but you know, a lot of times they are. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you could go back in time. What's one piece of advice that you would have given yourself before you started this entrepreneurship?
2: Start earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait. <laughs> Is that it's. I speak a lot about fear because I was petrified of losing the stability of a steady paycheck. I was petrified of not knowing what to do as I crawl through this.
0: Mm. unknown
2: world of entrepreneurship i was afraid of rejection from i don't know who but so if i could go back in time i would say you are smart you are capable you can do this and was it stuart smalley that said by golly people like you so (laughs) so Finding that confidence and overcoming that fear and getting started on it much earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I can say now is that I am I cannot be happier that I at least started when I did. Yeah. Just wish it could have been earlier. Yeah. So. For sure. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, and then the last question before we have rapid fire is, what's your favorite
2: part of what you do? Oh my gosh, I just, (laughs) I love building connections. I love um, seeing the potential in people and helping them to see their own potential and what they can do. Mm -hmm. I love creating idea or initiatives that can really help a company survive not just survive, but thrive. And my mission with my work is to increase employee retention. And so getting out the message and talking to people about what employee retention really means, and it all comes back to that people first philosophy. And I just really love the getting out into the community, talking to people in the community and building strong relationships. It's really fun.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm telling you, we're just like, so uh, we could be sisters. We're just so much so <laughs> alike of what we want. I mean, there's, it's awesome. So rapid fire, let's see. Uh, we do have time. So maybe we could get two in. You, we talked about employee relate, retention uh, several times. You, you know, right now we're, we're really, I think businesses, small businesses, corporations are really trying to figure out how to run their businesses now because of this whole different world of people not wanting to work in the office, people not wanting people changing to entrepreneurs, people just uh, really questioning the way that the uh, office, the way the culture was before. And Mm -hmm. so how do you Get people to explore ways to better do employee retention when we know it can't
2: be the same old, same old? It is different for every single organization, mm-hmm. but it boils down to we all know that high turnover, well, just turnover in general, costs money. It can cost an organization a lot of money. And as a small business owner, I know how much. I look at my numbers and what's going in and what's co- coming out. And so when I'm talking to my clients who are also small businesses, I think about, okay, imagine we're going to put this black and white dollars and cents, but then it's also look at, we're looking at the time that it takes. We look at the reputation that high turnover can have within a community. And so it's really Digging deep down into the human resources practices from hire to retire and seeing how much of an impact increasing employee retention can have. And the conversation is different for every organization, but really bring in the team and communicating and letting them come up with their own ideas has had a great impact as well,
1: Mm -hmm. because
2: they're working in the business and on the business and they should come up with ideas on how to solve situations too. I just, mm-hmm. I just give them advice. Here's yeah. what's worked for me. It doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but here's some things to start thinking about to get those wheels yeah. turning.
1: And you, and you really, mm-hmm. as we were talking earlier, you just have to try it and see what works. It, just be bold enough to
2: not say, no, that won't work for me because it's like, yes. a different world. It is just an open mind. And I'm a firm believer That there is a solution to every challenge. We just have to come together, talk about it, find what that solution is. And then, as you said, keep that open mind Mm -hmm. to different ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see HR human resources field going in the future?
2: I'm excited about where it's going. And I think that it will get away from, oh, no, here comes... HR, the principal's <laughs> walking down this down this down the hall to more of HR is an advocate for the employee, but HR is also they know the business inside and out. And that's why they can make really strong recommendations and really yeah. strong ideas that benefit employees and the company. Because it's when people say, Yeah, you're HR and you have to do what the company says because they sign your paycheck. It's more of, I need to do what's best for the company, especially when that means being an advocate for the employee yeah. and knowing how I can impact that. So that's where I see human resources going is that the perception will change. It's C-suite will realize it. HR does it at a ton of value and that they really are have their hand on the beat of the employee. Mm -hmm. So work will be much more fun.
1: I think one of the directions that people in the HR field, you know, um, my experience in all over the the years is that you tried to fill a butt in the seat and it really needs to, to make a company stronger. You have to hire the right people. And uh, it's not just reading a resume. And so if we could do anything to help, if it is the HR person that is doing the hiring, I guess if we could do anything to help them in your development, your education programs that you offer is to help the HR people understand how to hire by asking the right questions yes. to fill that position and not just what does their resume stay, say in terms of skill set but what is their character? What is their attitude? What is their core value and does it align with what we have?
2: Absolutely. And when I'm building any program, it's those core values are at the heart and soul of it all. And Mm -hmm. as you're recruiting, are you looking for somebody that aligns with those core values? Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, as you're interviewing, as you're onboarding, and then, through every step of the employee experience, but then it's also, is leadership living those core values or is it just words on a wall that we say we have, but is it really alive and well in the entire organization? Yeah,
1: very Mm -hmm. true. Well, it's been so wonderful talking to you and I'm sure everybody is anxious to hear how they can get in touch with you to learn more see how you might be able to help them because you do love to help people. So let me share my screen. Alrighty, so to get in touch with Anne, you would go to HTTPS www. I'm sorry, no www in hers, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash Donovan HR solutions. That D-O-N-O-V-A-N-H-R-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. DonovanHRSolutions.com. She's on LinkedIn at Ann Donovan SPHR SHRM SCP. And you are now going to hear from Ann herself as to what you can find when you go to her website or her LinkedIn site. So, Ann, it's all yours.
2: Thank you, Vicki. So, as you go into my website, I have different employee retention ideas through there. I offer a few different packages that focus on your particular, your organization's particular needs. I do put out a bi-weekly blog about employee retention, succession planning, which uh, is a hot topic right now with high turnover. Um, I have This podcast will be out there as well. And then on LinkedIn, I post frequently about anything human resources related, primarily employee retention, but lately with, there's a lot of job seekers out there. So I have been reposting recruiters who give some job seeking tips. So awesome.
1: So I just want to encourage everyone, you know, when it comes to succession planning, it's really finding the right people making sure that they stay happy. So that's why we talk so much about the retention, but keeping your eyes and your ears open to finding who is really demonstrating those leadership skills that would make your company stronger. Don't just promote because they are great at Excel or project management even. How good are they with people? Do they align with what the company's values are that would be a good steward for you if you would leave. And so succession planning should be on everybody's mind every day of the week. With that, <laughs> I'd like to again, thank you, Ann, for being such an awesome guest. And I'd love to have you back so we can talk more HRs and uh, answer any new questions that have coming, come up. As always, I remind everyone, life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki nettling signing off.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Medling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself.